you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Sanders. We're back at it again, bro. I hope the audience has missed us. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. I know I, I know. So we too. just sort of we sort of just fell off the map with our last episode. Uh, hope, hopefully, uh, the audience sort of knows that's our time frame. You know, basically, uh, tax season for me gets a little hectic uh, yeah and actually uh, yeah and I, I, that time is weird because i got i had placement as well so i was gone i was <laughs> i was busy you were busy and actually for the listeners joel and i um you know we we, we didn't talk for what two and a half months maybe <laughs> two uh, months well, i mean in, in terms of like this and calls and and, and yeah yeah but yeah, i mean no. obviously we're texting back and forth stuff like that yeah right? barely so, barely know, well the, yeah i'd text you and you would, you would just say no <laughs> no like yeah, you know joel like, has something to say joel just says no it's like are, are you ready to record no no <laughs> you want to talk no well, okay all right <laughs> That's good, but that's all right. That's all right because uh, you know maybe me and you need a break from each other as well. So yeah, well, and hopefully the the saying reigns true for our audience. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah, I missed it. Um, the break is necessary, as I texted you before, Joel. Like, yeah, the yeah. break is necessary because sometimes it's nice not to talk on things. It's not. It's nice not to to just let things happen and then not feel. The need to jump on stuff and just yeah, sit back and watch things unfold. Well, dude, on that, like I was having a bit of deja vu because it was very similar to last year during our break. You know, we're going through this. We went through the third lockdown. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because right. like that's we had right. just started opening up, then we locked down again. And like, you know, all this lockdown stuff just started, started spiraling out of control, um, at least in Ontario. And, and so it was almost like, I'm glad we weren't recording because maybe we would have ended up doing too many episodes on COVID. Um, that was, that was my, that's what I said last year. And, and to some extent, I sort of was wondering if that would have been the case. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty of things to talk about uh, mm-hmm. regarding COVID and, and things transpiring. Uh, yeah. But, but as for now, in today's episode, uh, we're talking about cancel Canada day. Right, so that's what we're going to be talking about. So for the listeners, uh, just to let you know the direction we're heading into. We're going to talk about um, why do people want to cancel Canada Day? Uh, does does the Catholic Church owe an apology? Uh, who was Adolphus Egerton Ryerson? So I think he has to do something to do with Ryerson, but we'll find that. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. He has something. To, yeah, Adolphus. I don't know Adolphus. Yeah. Okay. So. For those of you um, who don't know, and part of it too is for our, our U.S. listeners, and I know that we have some listeners abroad um, in the Caribbean, in the U.K. What up, Uncle Mark? <laughs> yeah, man, we yeah. got we got listeners all over. International, I, I, for, international for our audience. If if they were hope, you know, hopefully they saw I was on a, a podcast called the uh, Anarchist Bible Study. 
And I, I was saying like, you know, we actually have a pretty diverse audience. Like I think half our listeners are American. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is weird. You know, there's, there's some countries yeah. around the world that are listening and they got pretty high downloads. So I'm guessing it's like one subscriber in that country. Yeah. Um, but I've, but I've always wondered if, you know, maybe some of those funky countries is just cause someone's using a VPN <laughs> and, and then look like they're in that country. But yeah. So for, for those of you, um, who haven't, who are not, um, hip to what's going on. So basically the reason for canceling Canada Canada Day was that there was two recent events that shocked Canadians. And so one of them was uh, a young man in London um, killed a Muslim family, a white man, young white man killed the Muslim family in London um, with his vehicle. Yeah. And then the other one was 215 indigenous grave sites were found. Uh, in the Kamloops, BC area n- near a residential school. Um, so those th- these horrific things have uh, definitely caused a lot of people to say, you know what, maybe this is a time to um, reflect and not celebrate, a time to mourn and not celebrate. And so even, even th- this, this even with uh, BC, this happened in BC where they, they canceled a lot of uh, Canada, Canada Day events. So even like um, the government is getting involved in canceling Canada Day. Uh, so when you guys will be listening to this, it'll be the day after Canada Day. So uh, if craziness happens regarding canceling Canada Day, we'll we'll probably have to do a follow up episode if if there's some more uh, developments. Let's say. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, essentially, essentially, it still looks like a go. But people are definitely wrestling. Um, this is the first time I've ever, you know thought about the idea of canceling Canada Day. Um yeah, but but I, I think I think the key thing is for for this first part that we're gonna talk about um is these these two events that have brought people to mourn. Uh the first one is the the Islamophobia and and the issue is that Canadians are divided on these two issues and how they are interpreted. And so Thus, there would be a division on whether Canada Day should be canceled or not. So, for example, uh, with the Islamophobia, um, with the young white man, um, so some would some were saying that it was um, um, a uh, what's the word hate speech or not hate speech, uh, racist or um, hate crime, act of hate. Yeah, hate crime. Yeah, sorry, hate crime. I know. So some would say it's a hate crime. Yeah. So some would say some would say it's a hate crime. Some would say, well, um, it's just a murder. We don't know if um, if it was a racist act, um, but it's implied that because for some people it's implied that uh, because he's white um, and the people were not, um, it's uh, a racist act. Well, it, it definitely fits the mainstream media narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for those of us who are, you know, critical of mainstream media, um, it it just causes us, you know, perfect examples, like the claim of hate crime came out like instantly and 
I'll say I I haven't seen I don't I don't know if this is the right word. I want to call it corroborating evidence. Like, you know, where's this man's manifesto? Where's his friends talking about him being this type of hatred person? And and maybe I've missed it, you know, but but I did go looking a little bit to see you know, what's in the articles, you know, and, and I, I really I didn't I, I, I thought there was just an aspect of okay, nobody's talking about the, the evidence that sort of aligns with this uh narrative. Um now Obviously, based on the the devastation of what he did, um, I'm not I'm not trying to um, dismiss or downplay any of that because obviously what he did was horrendous. Um, and for argument's sake, assuming it was intentional and hate filled, no problem. Um, you know, in the sense that like I'm, I'm I'm willing to say, yep, that's the case, and and I'm not you know I'm not trying to make excuses. Um, I was just more so taken back by how like instantly it was the narrative. Um, and I think I'll put this in the show notes page for, cause I think Candace Malcolm touched on it perfectly with regards to this dichotomy, uh, about, I think in 19 or in 2019, we had, um, a guy who was connected with ISIS, had mental health problems and, and had a, you know, uh, I can't remember if it was like two or three people that he killed or it might've been more. But the way the media talked about that guy is literally the polar opposites to the way we talk about this guy. And the only difference is that guy was a minority and this guy's a white guy. And so to me, that's where the issue lies. It's just a stark contrast with arguably the same type of a character, but because one of them's a white guy, the mainstream demonizes him and the, you know, the terrorist um, connections to ISIS are downplayed for the minority. Um, so yeah, but some people would say though the reverse is true that um, the the racialized person is misrepresented, right? And then the the white person is always presented in 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 a proper light. Well, I, and I would agree that you know the the claim would probably be from a historical perspective. I think if you hold that view today, while watching mainstream media, you're plugging your ears and closing your eyes. Well, some people would say that that's their reality, right? So, um, well, again, right? That I'm they wouldn't saying, say that's historical. They would say some people would say, "No, that's not historical, Joel. That that's present. That's we still see white people um, being presented in in the light, and you know, people of color re- represented in the dark." And, and 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 so, what I'm trying to say is not like I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is mainstream media, right? Any left leaning media is not at all that way right like when it comes now at least they they i'm gonna sort of eat my words a little bit when i say that because i would say you know go to the malcolm x uh quote where he's talking about and i'll put in the show notes page what it's called what malcolm x thought about liberals and he talks about white liberals but um the the point is that you know the the mainstream narrative is very much you know on the anti-racist you know um white privilege criticizing white people perspective so i i don't disagree that there may be context where it's not true but i'm saying ctv cbc all the canadian news channels you know cnn in the us if you think that you know the, the 
white people are being promoted on those channels, I would say like, please send me that content because I don't see that. I see the complete opposite. Like if I'm wrong, if I'm ignorant, please show me. But, um, and, and that's where I'm not saying what you're saying isn't right. Right. That might be some people's reality that they're working in a place in a work, you know, workplace where they're, you know, feeling like, uh, their boss is a racist or they're experiencing racism or something. Um, so in that sense, obviously I'd be ignorant to that. Um, but, but when you look at the mainstream media, I, I mean, the, the culture has definitely not, is not go, you know, Jim Crow is not the type of thing that's going on in mainstream media, I guess is the best way to put it. Right. Well, of course, well, some people would disagree, but, um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's now, what I say, now, hey, well, send it to me. I want to see it. I want, I want to know that those parts of, cause then I'll call it out. Right. Like, you know, um, yeah. So now in, in regards to the 215. Uh, grave sites that were found in Kamloops. Uh, there, the people disagree on that as well. Uh, not that it didn't happen. Not that though those aren't grave sites, but uh, the context for the grave sites, because um, what it shows is that, well, according to True uh, True North and a National Post as well, um, in their posts, uh, they they mentioned that um, like we don't have official report on the incident, nor um, preliminary findings have not been revealed. Um, and so there, and so there wasn't necessarily a report. And when you look at the CBC, um, which is government backed um, news outlet, um, they put uh, First Nations say, right? So through the CBC, they say, okay, First Nations say that 215 um, graves were found. So people are still waiting for it to be confirmed. So for those who don't know the details, um, it wasn't 215 grave sites that were dug up. Um, so they were they were found uh, through um, a radar, an above ground radar that's used to find um, oil tanks or oil um, oil barrels in, um, underground. And so what the radar does is it measures um, the hole in the ground. So when you dig a grave, you know there's a hole, and it can measure from above ground. It can measure holes in the ground, uh, per- possibly grave sites or barrels or whatever the case may be and it can also identify if there's caskets as well um so um with the radar it found uh 250 215 dug graves and so the conclusion is that they're graves of children because it was found next to um a uh, residential school yeah and i i think this is another example where it's it's sort of like mainstream media jumping on a narrative, you know, as opposed to sort of doing the research and investigating and trying to present, um, you know, something that, that may very well may be, uh, um, let's say negative about the residential schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I have- and, and I mean, th- this kind of information, you know, you're definitely not going to see that, <laughs> um, hear those kind of, um, the other side, the other perspective on CP24. Um, no, I mean, so there, the, any mainstream news out. Like the, so what you were talking about, I think there's like a, there was a preliminary report, but it wasn't public. Um, but there was, so I have a, an article from uh, True North. So First Nations Chief uh, Roseanne Casimir. She was told reporters, so I'll read the first part. The first part it says, told reporters on Friday that the remains claimed to have been discovered at a former residential school near Kamloops, British Columbia, 
were, and in quotation marks it says, not a mass grave. According so, to- Whoa, the, whoa, what? Sorry, who said that? The First Nations chief, speaking to reporters, told them that it's not a mass grave according to preliminary findings. Now, what's very interesting is that all we've been told how they found a mass grave. But literally, the, uh, the words from the First Nations chief that, if I understand correctly, is part of um, the investigation committee, if you want to be very general, um, right? The people that are creating the report with, mm. with the government. She's saying it's not a mass grave, but mainstream media is telling us about this mass grave that was felt. And th- this is to me where it's like, you want to have a, if you legitimately want to have a talk about Canada's historical, you know, failures and whatnot, you know what, th- there's a conversation for that. And, and, and obviously we need to learn from history. Yeah. But, yeah. but if you're not going to get that when you listen to mainstream media, who's jumping all over something, making 10 assumptions so that they can fit it into their narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me, I'm thinking that my conclusion is that Canada's already divided on this issue. We can clearly see that. And I think that like from, like from a biblical perspective, the first thing that comes to me is that Romans 12, 15, weep with those who weep, right? Um, like, yes, you can you know, part of good journalism is, is asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. Being, being critical. But, you know, of course, not forgetting to weep with those who weep and being gracious and um, compassionate um, about these situations. Because this is still a terrible situation, whether it's, even though if we, it's not unfolded yet on the details on how it went down, but it's still terrible to, to find 215 um, uncovered um, grave sites. And so I also think about James 19.20, um, where it says, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note to this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, uh, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Does canceling Canada Day uh, actually make an atonement for the atrocities? Um, I would say no, right? Because um, the evil doesn't balance out the good that Canada has produced. And we know this is true because people still live here. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and go back to our episodes. I mean, we've done a few of them now, but I, I, I don't know. It might have become from you, but the, you know, the residential schools, you know, are, there's, there's an aspect of there's people who went to the residential schools um, and succeeded, but there's also, and did I think you said it where they were like there was indigenous communities that wanted to send their kids there like this was done there, there again uh, there's there's this is where to me it's so frustrating because I'm sure there's a, a huge diversity right like some locations the residential schools were were basically kidnapping the kids and then there's other contexts where the residential school was probably within the community in a very positive manner because it's it's not like some crazy tyrant went around setting up all these schools. We're talking like hundred years ago, where it's like the the government makes a proclamation. Maybe sounds like they partnered with the Catholic Church in many cases and rolled out a program. But the people that were at those locations are going to be vastly different people, and 
Um, while we can probably disagree a lot with the program that was rolled out um, in terms of you know what it was doing, what it wasn't doing, and all that. Um, and that's where go listen to our Sir Johnny McDonald episode with Brad Fott. Um, what did I say it was thirty thirty six. Um, I mean, he talks about really the situation that sorry Johnny McDonald finds himself in. If you look at the t- the option, the alternative option was to do what the Americans did, which was to wage war on the Indians, and like that's not what you know. That was that was what their solution was. The Americans, let's wage war on them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but what was really interesting was Brad said Sir Johnny McDonald was the was one of actually considered a progressive. And that's where I would say we can bring it all back around. Everybody wants solutions by government. And that's what created this in the first place. You know, for me, go back to who was the cause and effect of this relationship? It was government. So let's get government to solve the problem. To me, that seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 now the government is <laughs> blaming the Catholic Church. And Justin Trudeau told the, <laughs> said that the Catholic Church owes an apology for its role in residential schools. And uh, there was a video of a woman in Saskatoon um, vandalizing a church. And, um, and she was uh, using red paint, I guess it was, you know, I think it's symbolic of blood, and just splattering it all over the church, doors, walls, the brick, the signs. But, but, but what she was doing, she was putting her hand in, in the red paint. And then smudging her hands all over the door, all over the signs. You know, I guess kind of making it look like the um, people that the church had a hand in killing. Um, and she vandalized the church. And I think, Joel, you sent me a post of another church being vandalized or something. So, I mean, I've got um, so I've got a couple articles from from True North. I just started was looking at it because, you know, mainstream media is probably not going to report on these too much. So the one I think you're, the picture, I have a Vandals Graffiti Vancouver Catholic Church in weekend attack dated June 15th. I have uh, two Catholic churches destroyed by fire in South Okanagan, again, BC, June 22nd. Two more Catholic churches torched in British Columbia, June 26th. Mm. And, 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 you know, I think the one I sent you today on, on Instagram was uh, a different one. Um, actually, no, you, it was the six buzz one. Um, I think you had forwarded to me that one. But, but the point is that, like, I think for me, and I would hope that you agree, this type of response, burning down, you know, churches today for something that happened maybe a hundred years ago. And obviously I know it was ongoing. We're talking the grave though. Um, the 215, I think was, a, you know, arguably could have been a hundred years ago. And so what do these individual people, and, and I would argue, I think you would agree. This is the problem with the concept of social justice. You're not, you know, justice is about holding the individual actors accountable for their actions. And if it's biblical, we're talking about restoration to those that are harmed. Biblical justice, I mean. Social justice, as as a just blanket concept, is about people groups injustice against each other. And anyone can pay the penalty for the sins of their people group. And to me... This is the the churches being burnt down is is Trudeau and the government's fault. Because as you said, Trudeau's the one pointing the finger in their direction. I understand that they were involved and there were, you know, there may be criticisms that belong there, but 
to me, Trudeau's doing what he's always doing, which is just create division in our country by pitting one group of people against each other. And mm-hmm. people seem to like it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I guess the way I'm looking at it is uh, I just thought to myself, I was like, well, thinking about the question, does the Catholic Church owe an apology? And I would say, you know, do Muslims owe an apology for 9-11? Right? Do the Jews owe an apology for killing the only perfect person? The only perfect person who ever lived. Mm -hmm. Right? Do the Jews owe an apology for that? Um, I think um, Trudeau and those people who are vandalizing church, I think their ecclesiology is off. Um, in that they don't understand what the church is. Uh, well, one, of course, the church is, uh, you know, has a uh, broken people in it. So, you know, the church is not above any kind of sin. Um, but also that there isn't, I think the main thing is that there isn't, um, like the idea of the Pope and there being somebody who runs the church. Like there's like a, you know, a king of the church or, you know, technically Jesus is the only king and he's the head of the church. But there isn't like a formal um, leader to say, um, I apologize on behalf of, <laughs> of uh, the Christian church or, or the Catholic church. Right? Nobody, there's no one person who speaks on behalf of, of the church to apologize or to sign off on anything. So at, at that point, I was kind of like, well, um, yeah, yeah, Trudeau's a little bit off on that one. And and anybody else um, who who doesn't understand how um, these things work, so I think that's that's crazy. But I think one of the the, the next thing that we have to hit on, which is uh, key, is the role of um, Adolphus Egerton Ryerson, because the way how it connects to the church is that he was um, he was also a man of faith and a churchman, and 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 he helped orchestrate. He's the architect of. Um, the school system that we have today. So uh, I'll just give a quick background on on who he is for those of you guys who don't know. As Cole's notes for the test tomorrow, <laughs> Spark notes. All right. So um, so as superintendent of education in Canada West, Ryerson established a system of free, mandatory schooling at the primary and secondary level, the forerunner of Ontario's current school system. Ryerson believed that poverty should not be a roadblock to education and that Canada West should have a free and, and mandatory public education system. Um, Canada West is Ontario. Uh, Ryerson was, um, was one of the founders of the Provincial Normal School, 1847. It was the first teacher's college in Toronto. And it later became the Toronto Teachers College, and then the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, also known as OISE, O-I-S-E. Ontario gained a new accessible primary and secondary school based on these principles. So this is the guy they named the University of um, Ryerson. Ryerson after. Yeah. Interesting side note, Ryerson's, I think, one of the only schools to ever go from being a college to a university. Say that again. They they used to be a college and they became a university. Oh, okay, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So Ryerson, um, you know, he helped basically build our school system that we have today, and he had a hand in um, uh, putting together the uh, 
uh, the residential schools. So, uh, oh, by the way, that 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 information I found and the information I'm going to be talking about is from the Canadian Encyclopedia. So, what do you think, Joel? What's going on? Uh, I mean, you know, the question becomes: Are we having, you know, a similar to the the Sir John A. Macdonald concept, right? And, and again, is there room for criticism for this individual? Sure, um, but I don't see things of substance on that conversation. Um, I see very surface level associations. Cancel. <laughs> right? Again, mainstream narrative, continuing that trend. Um, and and just again, it, I, I just pose it as like, what's the argument of substance against him? You know, if he was in an era where, you know, like I said, Sir Johnny McDonald was sort of considered by many to be progressive in his era. Well, are we just cherry picking the individual that we're going to demonize? Um, and, and I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not trying to pretend like this guy shouldn't, you know, is, is I'm not saying he is someone that should be maintained as a, you know, iconic individual or having a school named after him. But I also don't know how that actually makes a difference right like goes back to all of this stuff with regards to you know the 215 okay let's jump on that let's show our virtue we agree that this was evil like that's all i've seen it's just like virtue signaling you know it's it's funny i have a a podcast that i listen to i'll put in the show notes page called the guy the guys were the title of the podcast was called grandstanding the use and abuse of moral talk and and i i sort of summarize what their point was that you know a lot of our virtue signaling you know slash moral outrage is literally performance art and the reason i call it performance art is because that is the extent of how much people care they just want to tell other people that they care they agree this was wrong and that's it they think they've actually done something of substance by staking in their ground. Look at me. I'm so virtuous because I agree with the, resu- the current moral trend. You know, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I guess for me, um, when I'm looking at this, and especially uh, me, you know, going into the education profession, is I, I find this guy pretty fascinating hmm. um, from an education perspective. Uh, Right, because uh, there's a part where it says um, he uh, he toured. So in 1844, Ryerson was appointed superintendent of education for Canada West. He held this post until uh, 1876. In 1844 and 1845, he toured Europe to study different school systems. Based on his findings, he wrote his report on a system of public elementary instruction for Upper Canada. In this report, he made uh, recommendations for improvements to the educational system. Many of this, many of his points were adopted in the first two common acts, common schools acts. And so, what I see here is a guy who um, cares about the learning of young people, 
um, and he's a he 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 sounds like he's a really knowledgeable guy, and he knows what he's doing in regards to um, well, I mean, look at us now, right? We're, we're still we're still operating in the system he created. So him being so school being named after him was the least they can do <laughs> for what he's done. But um, I think when I'm looking at um, the indigenous issue in the 215 graves, um, it's terrible. And I think that um, I think it's okay in changing the, the Ryerson University name. I think that's okay uh, to do that. But I think a serious conversation has to be had about putting the, po- uh, the past on trial, or as I always say, presentizing the past. And so I don't think there's an adequate, there's adequate proof that he had, um, that he hated indigenous people, but there is overwhelming proof that he loved them mm. and that they loved him. Wow. So in 1825, he became a Methodist missionary. He rode on horseback on the York and Young Street circuits and lived as a missionary at the Credit River, now known as Mississauga. There he worked and lived alongside the Ojibwe people. He learned to speak the language and became um, a respected teacher in that community. He befriended the Kakawaganabi, which is also which is known as uh, Sacred Feathers, the Kakanagawabi people. Um, also, um, in the the person who came out of that community was this guy named um, Peter Jones, and he's the first Indigenous Methodist missionary. Right, so he gets a co-sign from him, and then in 1826, at a council meeting, Ryerson received the Ojibwe uh, name uh, Chico. Chikachok, which is bird on a wing. Okay. Does this no no Joel? I'm not finished. <laughs> okay. Do, does this sound like a guy who's going to sign off on children being murdered? It does not. It it definitely sounds like sort of what I said: a surface level association. Is the reason he's being proposed for canceling? Yo, they they destroyed this guy's statue. Yo, they you know I shouldn't be laughing, but but like yo, statues, you know, yo, we see statues all the time. Statues are heavy. Statues are like strong and sturdy, and they yo they tore that dude's head off like he was real, like they tore the the head off of that statue. Right, they, you know what I mean. So it, you, the hate towards him, I don't think is warranted, and I think, yes, I'm all for fighting justice. I'm all for, um, you know, trying making, you know, making make amends, amends and, and yeah, make amends and send things right. But I think there has to be an academic uh, and and uh, and scholarly conversation about um, history 101, right, and really sitting down and saying, okay, well, um. Yo, who was Ryerson? Oh, you know, he was just a, um, you know, too, too pale, too stale, too male. Right? And, and the conversation's over. Right? But as opposed to looking at this guy's body of work, for people who don't know what a missionary is, 
And people who don't know what a missionary is, right? Uh, God, Jesus Christ gives a command to, to Christians to go and be missionaries and, and, and go and make disciples of all nations. And uh, the best way to um, make disciples and to convert people is you love them to death. Mm. You love them to death. You can't, you can't, we, we, there, we don't have conversion by the sword. That's conversion by the, we don't, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that, that's not a thing. We don't, we don't do that. Like we, you know, Jesus taught this from even then, you know, you love people to death. You love them and you, you be amongst the people. You go into their community and you, and you, you try to accommodate yourself to their situation. And that's what he learned to speak the language. I can't even speak French. Yep. I failed grade four French. Actually, and, and all the way through. I took it all the way through. I don't know why I did that. Great time. But anyways. I, I, I got the French award in grade eight, but that's because oh. I could conjugate verbs. Okay. Like well, <laughs> right. I can't but, do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, um, he, 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 he loved those people that, that he was breaking bread with in Mississauga. And, you know, Peter Jones, you can look him up. First indigenous Methodist missionary. Vouch for this guy. So... So that's what all I'm saying is like, yeah, like, let, like, let, let's not jump to conclusions. Uh, let's not, um, as my, as my wife would say, let's not hype up the situation, right? Mm. Let's not gas it up and, and really like try to walk through what's going on. But let, okay. Let me ask you this, Joe, what's your two cents? Uh, I, I'm, I think, you know, the last time we talked about this, when it was just me and you, you know, I think I made the comment, something to the effect of like, the, it's like this is only talked about when when something pops up, right? So the graves pop up, it shows, and then you know it's gonna fall. I would say it's gonna fall out of trend for the government. They're gonna move on to something else, and nothing is going to change. Um, the the you know what's her um the girl the episode we did with um and I think her last name is Widowson. I always can't remember her first Francis Francis Widowson um she she talked about how it just turns into this like money grab with the lawyers take money and you know there's this fake two-state solution that could never exist but they use it as a fuel for for preventing actual change and and let me give you the prime example of what the government did to demonstrate this there was a bill C5 that got passed did you know September 30th is now the annual national day for truth and reconciliation? I didn't know that. But guess what? Only federal employees get to take that holiday. Really? I didn't know that. So um, only, uh, sorry, uh, only federal employees and workers in federally regulated workplace, such as banks and railways. So it's not one of the, you know, uh, let's say countrywide holiday, statutory holidays. It's only one of the bank holidays. And, and to me, this is a prime example. Just like the land acknowledgements are something that has show, it's of zero substance, right? Like we, if you really want to make a change, like for the community, stop looking into the past. And unless you're trying to identify a cause of a problem, and start looking at what their needs are today. You know, that was the beauty of what you were talking about him being the missionary. 
I the 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 Christian community that missionary concept is go into their community, find out what their needs are, and serve them. But none of that is actually being proposed. It's you know more money, more land acknowledgements. Like th- those aren't clear. Like if you think those are going to solve the problems, you're just ignoring the past because. They've gotten lots of money. They've gotten lots of payments. That's not helping. And so until somebody really wants to look at the actual underlying causes of, you know, the inequality in their communities or why their communities are rampant with with some problems, I shouldn't say not all the communities, but a lot of communities have, you know, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, you know, significant suicide. These problems are, you know, in their community. And and absolutely, it's you know fertile ground for missionaries or or people to go and serve them. But that's you know this is what frustrates me is like people jump on the you know performative virtue bandwagon or the um, demonize the oppressor being the church bandwagon, but they don't want to do anything to help anyone. They just want to be on the right side of morality. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your two cents on all this canceling of Canada Day? <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say canceling Canada Day is impossible. Full stop. Uh, that just shows uh, the extremism of cancel culture that they thought they, that the idea of canceling Canada's birthday. Like, think about it. The only people who could cancel a birthday is God and mom. Right? <laughs> but think about it. But God is merciful. Mom is not. I've been, I've been 11 years old for two years. Two years in a <laughs> row. Two years because of bad behavior. Right? Like you can't you can't cancel a birthday. This this is not that's just not a thing. Like let's get back to basics and think things through, talk things through, uh read up on history, have a conversation between two historians in a public uh uh sphere where people can watch and dialogue and learn. Learn. I was waiting for that word. Learn. Right, whether it's his, whether it's history in the past or history in the present, with with current events, with con- with with these current events of the Islamophobia in the in, in the residential schools, right? The that's present day history, right? But either way, we have to look at both sides of the conversation and have it that way. That's my mm-hmm. two cents, and that's the bottom line. As Donald cool. said so. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's I I'm. I wish there was some hope from all of this, but I really don't see it. I, I just see more of the same coming. Um, but I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, so many people need to just have the desire to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's where this, you know, the social justice conversation, some of that stuff, there, there's value in that part, right? Let's have dialogue. Let's learn. Let's understand each other. Let's stop demonizing particular sides. Let's stop calling people oppressors. 
and and you know take the free market approach which is exchange voluntarily interact voluntarily it's a lot harder for you to you know use your vehicle for homicide when you actually know people and you meet them so um let's know what I, you guys think yeah, let yeah. Give us your two cents. Let us know if there's an aspect of this issue we're not touching on. I think we've had this is probably five, fifth episode technically, if you want to call it that, on 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 the indigenous topic, uh, or or indigenous people and the the topics that around surround them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think this is a, a an issue that is so deep that you know we probably only have touched the surface on. And, yeah. So l- let us know what you guys think. Um. Point us in the direction um, yeah. of maybe the next uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can contact us at sixcentsreport at gmail.com. You can, if you're trying to get in touch with me, it's do get a Darnell, D O G U E D A underscore Darnell on Twitter and on Instagram, and then Darnell Samuels on Facebook. And I'm T Joel N39 everywhere. Um, yeah, give us your two cents. Six cents makes change. But you heard me? Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media.